Oh my god, hi, hello everyone, welcome back to the- no. <laughs> no intros, guys, I guess we're just not the intro type, no. maybe one day, but welcome back, episode four. Oh my god, does that count as like a month in? I guess when this gets uploaded, we'll have been doing this for a month. We'll have been just posting over. for a month. Yeah. But that means that like- This is technically our month. We've been working on this for like a month, that's pretty yeah. cool. All right, so I guess today we kind of decided that we're going to talk about imposter syndrome and the process of becoming a creative. Look at us. Yeah. She's in a topic. You know, we're sticking to a topic. We're like, going to do this. We've got some feedback about... some feedback. Positive, negative... Well, not really even negative stuff. Constructive. Constructive input, input from our... Listeners. Our friends, let's be honest. Our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so... But yeah, yeah, we're just going to talk, I think, about our experiences with the thing that is imposter syndrome. Because it's so huge. It's so huge for even beyond creative fields, but specifically for people who want to be creative. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so Rebecca has had more experience with actually having imposter syndrome. And I talked to... Let me look up the definition of imposter syndrome. Yeah, let's... Yeah, because we've talked about it so much, but I'm realizing like some people are definitely not going to know what it is. Okay, so this is actually good too if you struggle with this, but don't even realize that you probably experienced this thing called imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome can be defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. So it's basically like, even though you're successful, you just feel like you're fooling everyone into thinking you're successful, Mm -hmm. but you're not successful. You're just really good at playing pretend. Yeah. Which is so weird, but it is, it's like accurate. It is like I mean, I know you've experienced it for a long time. For, I think. In high school, when I first started becoming like a creative and tapping into that, because so I guess I'll t- I'll just start talking about it. Yeah. So when I was, I was always like a creative kid. I remember when I was like five years old, I had this whole like you know how dads have those zip up folders mm-hmm. with like their notepads. I had one of those, and I had all my fashion sketches in it and i would watch project runway and they yeah i would watch project runway all day and they would do like their fashion challenges and so i would be like i'm gonna do it so they had this one challenge where they had to go in a garden and take photos of flowers and then (laughs) pick one of those photos of flowers and then design a dress after it so i literally went through my yard taking photos of flowers and then designed dresses based on the flowers so So i've always been like a creative kid but i've never it's never been my identity Mm. I guess you could say nowadays it kind of is, but still not really. I don't know, but that might just be imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was always a creative kid, and then when I got to high school, and I took art one at Barlow, like I was, I drew something for the first time. I drew an elephant, and it wasn't bad. I was because I would always draw, but I didn't know how to draw. Yeah, and I drew an elephant, and it wasn't bad, and I was like. Oh my goodness, I remember I sent you photos. I was like, I drew something and it mm. looks like what it's supposed to look like. I and so I got that. really excited and I was like, oh my God, like I think I'm actually capable of being creative and not just liking creative things. And so then I started doing it more and more. And But it didn't really become a thing of me. Like I felt as though the only reason I was pursuing, I guess, creative work was because I wasn't smart enough to do any of the other topics that people do in school Mm -hmm. so I was like oh I'll just do art because like 
it doesn't it's not really based on grades and not that I got bad grades but I wasn't like you weren't smart like yeah. I was in like special help math class like in fifth grade before like school started like <laughs> I spent literacy in like middle Relatable, school I think for our practicing people. math like <laughs> not good at math not good at science don't get me started on chemistry like I don't <laughs> understand it like what is an atom you can tell me a thousand <laughs> times and I'll still be like but I don't see it so I don't believe you <laughs> and like, well I believe you know what I mean? At that time. I just don't get it. It doesn't, yeah. So I thought I was just like, I was so insecure that I was just being creative because I wasn't good at anything else. And like, nobody was ever going to like see me as quote unquote art kid. And I was just, oh, and I like, my work wasn't very strong. And like, like, given I was like, just kind of starting out, like just exploring like my work for the first time, mm-hmm. I didn't like, yeah, I wasn't very confident at all. I was worried about my stuff looking the way good art is supposed to look. Yeah. And it took me a long time to realize that's not what art is about at all. Oh yeah, absolutely like, not, not at all. It's, it's like the whole, what is it even called? Realism? Mm-hmm. Yeah, realism, like as a subject of art like that's just one category and to be honest I've learned that um I actually really like abstract art and like modern art because to me that's creativity I respect a hundred percent like those old paintings that look so real but to me that's just like Mm -hmm. it it is an art but it's I see more value in someone's perspective on something so like a landscape, more of an expression yeah, yeah. a landscape that doesn't even look like a landscape because it's like what was that person like yeah. feeling when they did that what were they like it's just cool the art of the sublime but if someone just era, makes something probably... look the way it looks then it's just kind of more of like okay they enjoy painting but like it doesn't really tell me how they're like feeling while they're painting yes no i do see definitely where i've shifted a lot of my mentality towards art Mm-hmm. And that has even changed the way I draw. Like, I think the majority of my illustrations nowadays tend to lean towards not even abstraction, but just there is. Kind of surrealist. They, they kind of are. They're a little they're bit really more. Cool. Thank you. They're I a little bit more of a surrealist. Most of them are based off my dreams nowadays. I love that. I think that's so cool. Thank you. I have weird dreams. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Um,. Yeah, I don't. I think my experience with imposter syndrome has been a little bit different. I don't really mm-hmm. think I. I'm, I think I have a little bit too much of. We talked about this an ego when it comes to <laughs> this. Is, honestly, I'm going to be the hated one on the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be the obnoxious one who's like so full of herself. <laughs> but honestly, I think I've. Obvi- I think everybody struggles with. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Or the idea that um, people are just being nice and they're just saying something to be nice. But for me, the thing is, in school, in high school specifically, um, I don't think I really struggled with not understanding things. Math, forget it. Like, math. (laughs) Math doesn't count. (laughs) I literally, I'd go to the professor and be like, I don't understand. She's like, you should know this. And I was like, that's not helpful. (laughs) But um, I, in terms of sciences, in terms of stuff like that, I've always been pretty good at grasping it. But I didn't enjoy doing it. Yeah. I just enjoyed learning about it, you know? It was never something that interested you enough no, to pursue. It was 
I mean, I honestly, most of my childhood, my family thought I was going to end up being a doctor or a vet mm-hmm. because I had such a fascination with the human body and the animal body and like all my drawings were of that. So I was still creative, but I was yeah. creative in a very scientific way. Um, and then I just realized, I was like, this is not for me at all. Yeah. <laughs> How old do you think you were when you realized that? I think I was a freshman. Yeah. I think I was a freshman and I was going, I've been going to art classes for years to amplify um, what would be considered realistic drawing. Yeah. Which is a um, good skill. Which is a good skill. And I thought was the only way to do art because mm-hmm. I was raised by a very traditional art teacher yeah. who um, was either, he believed in cartoonists or like realism painting yeah. kind of. I mean, impressionistic a bit, but much more of I the, much more of the like representational, which is the ability to show somebody something and they know what it is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and... It, I don't know. So I was very influenced that way. And then I went to art high school. And I don't know. My biggest thing was like, I always, to this day, feel like when I do something, because everybody has a high expectation of me and I have a high expectation of myself. Mm -hmm. When I produce something, I genuinely am terrified that it is not good enough. But I never believe like I can't do something really, if that makes sense. It's like, I know I can do it. But in the process of creating the product, I'm afraid I'm not hitting that mark, you know? So for me, I think um, I didn't really have this idea of I'm faking it till I make it. Yeah. It was more of like um, I have to be perfect 100% of the time. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which is stupid, you guys. Don't do that. It really will... Um, it actually hinders you a lot more because I wouldn't even turn in assignments even yeah. though they were done on time, but I'd wait two weeks to turn them in because I didn't think they were good enough. Yeah. And I had my one of my professors sit me down and literally be like, I know you have this project. Why did you not turn it in today? Yeah. And I was just, I broke down in tears in front of her and was like, it's just not good enough. It's not, it's not good enough. And she was actually, I think, one of my breaking points in okay, experiencing yeah. like, you just it's okay for it not to be your standard but first off turn it in yeah and let other people be the judge of that because honestly 90% of the time I look at something and I'll hate it afterwards anyways yeah you know even art that I thought was good at first yeah so it's just this this problem of like um wanting to be too perfect all the time always be the one who's like together and even last or it was it was my freshman year I remember being in an art class that I loved but not ever making art that was good in it mm-hmm. but like genuinely like it was like terrible art because I just would leave it to the night before because I couldn't everybody in that class was really good and I couldn't like not make it good enough so it was it was just like a cycle of too afraid to start and yeah. then the moment I started I didn't give myself enough time to do what I wanted to do so I literally remember talking to my friend this year being like do you remember that class? I love that class, but everything I created in it was terrible. And she literally goes, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, thank you for your honesty, but it hurt a little well, bit. Well, do you but. think the reason that you didn't like put the effort into the work you did for that class was so that that way during critique, you wouldn't have to feel insecure by everyone else's work because you would be like, well, I didn't try. Yeah. I didn't try. Exactly. So. I gave myself... I could have I done it better, but... I, I just, gave I myself <laughs> literally the excuse of like, well, I did it last night. 
you know? And honestly, some cases it was good for have done it, having done it in one night. What is it about other <sighs> artists that makes you so insecure about your work? Because you are very developed in your skills. And I... Mm. As an outsider, like, obviously, when you're in your own head, it's very different. But, mm-hmm. like, as an outsider, I always see you as, like, she's an artist. Like, undoubtedly, really? she's an artist, obviously. You've to, Well, to me, at least, because, yeah. like, for me, it's, like, you were always undoubtedly, like, an art kid in school. Yeah. And, like, you've just always been, like, she's artsy. Like, she's an artist. Like, she's doing this because that's what she's meant to do, and mm-hmm. she's good at doing that. It's an interesting question. I haven't really thought about that specifically, but I think um, I've had people who, in my life, who just are extraordinary. Well, yeah. Like, I have some friends who it's but just... But doesn't mean yours isn't. It's not even that it isn't. It's just that my life is not dedicated to my art the way they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So from my head, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not an artist. I'm just like somebody who does art and a lot of other weird stuff like I love the study of plants and herbology but every and I love... artist has other things that inspire them to make art it's true so I guess then maybe... if you don't live your life you won't have anything to reflect on in your work and therefore mm-hmm. no work it's true so it's just interesting to think it's like because to me you're just like it's very clear what you do like you're an illustrator mm-hmm. painter everything that someone who isn't in a creative field would think artist Undoubtedly. This, so I'm just like, what yeah. is it about other people? And I know that, like, you're friends with a lot of people who their work is incredible, which mm-hmm. I think your work is just as incredible. It's just that they've chosen to, like, pursue it in a fine arts career, yeah. make money off of it, which you could do. It's just the fine arts, like, industry is such a gamble. It really it's, is. It's such a game and it's such a gamble. So I don't even, like, That's critique the- people's work that way. That's where I think my insecurity comes from is because I view things somewhat commercially. Mm -hmm. Like, I never say that I'm a full artist because I view art also as a commodity of which, like, I would like to make money off of. If I could make money off of just painting, I would. I have artist friends who are like, screw that. I'm going to make whatever the heck I want to make art-wise and don't even care about the money. I just want to make something that'll, like be the thing that pushes the culture to the next thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's this mindset that is just different. Whereas I live in the now and I'm kind of more consumerist almost where I'm like, if what I'm making is a commodity at which people will buy, I will bump, I will sell it. Whereas yeah. they make art for the sake of making it. Yeah. I mean, I do to some extent too because I don't yeah. sell all my work. But it's like, I have that in me of like, if if it was if if i did if I, if i could sell it at this or if i could just be this artist i would be yeah like you know what i mean i don't care so much about but i don't think i've ever affecting seen the you... culture of t- the tomorrow yeah i don't think i've ever seen you though like really try to sell your stuff though like I don't. your artwork your artwork so do you think you're doing the same thing again where you're giving myself the excuse yeah oh my god i didn't even think about this but yeah i i can tell myself it's okay i'm not a real artist because i don't sell my work like i know like it's hard to sell your work but i know from a very like first step of selling your work if you found some rich people who wanted a portrait a family portrait you can sell your work so it's like there's always a way to Mm -hmm. do it even on a smaller scale so do you just not want to do it at all unless you're already famous, but you can't get famous if you don't start? It's like a dual thing in which, oh my God, I didn't even realize mm-hmm. this really. <laughs> Woo! Coming out on the podcast. Okay. 
I, what do we do? <laughs> you should start selling your art. <laughs> the thing is, like, okay, this is this is what it is. I am either hot or I am cold with things, and I have I am not gonna lie that I have an ego. Whereas if I'm selling my art, I'm gonna be charging a lot of money. You know what I mean? Because I will not. I'm so different. Like, I'll literally be like, oh, I'll, I'll like, make this for you. Just, like, give me a shout out. Like, because I just want to be able to make it. And I know it's, like, if I give them a price, they're not going to want to do it. They're, like, going to be like, oh, then I don't need it. Because, like, I don't want to pay. See, almost in that case, I'm considering you more of an artist. What? Because you're you're making it for the sake of making creative stuff. I'm here, like, I'm not going to make that unless you're going to pay for it, like, legitimately. Like, I've had people who wanted tattoo designs even and i give them my prices and they're like mm, no that's not really it's a little bit and then i'm like okay like okay that's well that's what i charge so you know what i mean i mean that's not what you're supposed to do it though if you're it, trying to make money off of your art it is but it also like takes away from the fact that i'm like but, but, you, but it's different because my because my study is graphic design basically yeah i wouldn't do gra- but i like i, I still think i kind of <laughs> like I like to think I wouldn't do graphic design work for free for someone, but if it was like a friend or something, I, yeah, I've done that in the past. So yeah, I guess I wouldn't yeah. do graphic design work even for free. I that's just because I'm a student. I, oh, but I don't know. I just like to make stuff for people. I just want you to remember, though, as a student, especially going to this school and doing stranger, stuff that you're doing, I would make them charge. But you are just, like, still nearly at the professional level right now. Like, you're not, but you technically are. And specifically comparatively to around, like, this, the country. Like, there's plenty of people who do logos for people and charge and money. And use Canva or something? And use Canva. Or, or, or no, no. No, Canva. No, Canva. Or who literally have never been to art school and have no training in design. Yeah. Will still make logos for people and charge them. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. with social media nowadays. Like, everyone thinks that they're aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like, people assume that aesthetic is the equivalent of design and it's not at all whereas it's actually taking the words completely out of context and like it's yeah it's not it's aesthetics and design go hand in hand but are not the same yeah you know but yeah i guess i guess um we can talk a little bit about how about you talk about how you because you've pretty much i think in a lot of ways overcome a lot of your imposter syndrome in the past few yeah, years i think so I mean, of course, like, there's the normal... But I think at this point, it's just, like... Not that I'm even insecure about my work. It's just I wish I was, like, in it more. Because as an artist, it's, like, it's not about... I don't even see it as, like, it's about whether or not you're good enough. It's about... It's kind of, like... If you're producing or not. If you're... Yeah. Like, still working. But it's, like, whether or not people are paying attention to what you're doing. And so, yeah. It's, like, how, it's like being an influencer. What, are the, what does that person really have to say? But because they've made people care, like, that's it's another important. tangent. It's a whole other tangent. But, I like, going back to high school when I had bad imposter syndrome, for me, I just started... Because something I was insecure about was how... I don't remember if I already said this on the podcast but today, but I was talking to you about this earlier today. How mm-hmm. one of the major things I was insecure about was that I was just doing my art homework, but I wasn't an artist. Mm-hmm. And so I was insecure about the fact that I didn't really have a sketchbook and I didn't really, like, draw just to draw. I would only draw stuff to, like, make a piece, like a f- polished piece. Mm-hmm. So I started paying attention to what the people I respected did. So, like, for Bianca, like, for you, I started paying attention to, like, the fact that you kept a sketchbook and you were always in it and, like, you always had it with you. 
and then there was like a girl in my art, AP art class where like I just really liked her style and I, I really liked her work a lot and so I just tried I started keeping a sketchbook and I tried using colors she used like using pen tricks she used I remember I really wanted to learn like the technique of drawing and cross hatching so I just practicing now this is a fun tip for if you're trying to learn how to draw something weird i started doing was i would take a photo of something i would print it out and i would just trace the outlines of the photo Mm -hmm. and it it, it was just like a weird little thing i would do to like practice and study because it it was like when you're looking at a face you keep thinking to draw like an oval or like a generic face shape but it's like i would start to understand like 3d to 2d Mm-hmm. And, like, these weird curves that happen in a... In like, you can't just draw a circle. Like, you have to draw what you see, not what you know about yes. what you're trying to draw. And so, I just started... I guess I practiced. And, like, even looking back, I'm just like, I don't know if I, like, really put in that much work. But, no, I really did. You did. I was always I trying to, like, be better and, like, trying to start, like... And then senior year of high school, when I... Because you can take AP art twice. So, the second time I took AP art, senior year... I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm like one of the only people in this class this year that have already taken APR. I already know like what's expected. I know what we're going to be doing. I, like, I, I think out of this class, like I'm in a good place in terms of being, I don't know what would the word be, like an artist, I guess. <laughs> yeah, a creative a artist. Creative, like I was like, I've already proven myself as being on this creative path, I mm-hmm. guess. So... I don't know, I just started to embrace that, and I was like, and then that's when I really started just being like, fake it till you make it. So with every, like, piece we would do in class, I was like, okay, I've already done this assignment last year, so, like, I have a little more freedom, and I was like, what can I do that's, like, different? Mm Because that was always my approach for a really long time, where I was like, okay, what's the first idea I think of? Let me scratch it off immediately. Let me do the second idea I think of. And it was just very much, like, really pushing to try and make everything I did different and, like, be unique about all my work. I don't know, eventually I just kind of, like, started making work that was more personal. I kind of had a breakthrough. I found my style. Once I found my style, I really think I was just, like... Because then that... I had my set of rules for how I draw. I had my set of, like... You were no longer looking outside for um, validation. Yeah, that was when I had my breakthrough I Mm -hmm. guess and I haven't really I've dealt with normal like insecurity and wishing I had a bigger audience or like wishing I made more stuff bigger budget to make stuff but other than that I don't really think I don't feel like I'm here in art school because I'm not smart enough to do anything else yeah anymore that's good that's really good how do you think you have coped oh coping I don't know if I've coped I think this past year specifically I've come to realize things about myself that I didn't before Mm -hmm. I think um a big thing that I think we just talked about or I did is I felt the need to be perfect all the time and a part of that means I was afraid of if I tried to sell a piece of artwork Mm -hmm. And nobody would buy it for the price that I set. Yeah. It was confirming the fact that, like, I couldn't do it. And I can't deal with the fact that I can't do with something. You know? But that doesn't mean you can't do it. That just it's, means people don't respect art as a field. I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's, like, this idea that... In your head. In my head, it makes sense logically to me when somebody tells me something like that. But 
I can't get over it in my own head. Like the fact that I was raised with like a very strict mentality on things to begin with mm-hmm. that either you give 120% or you don't do it. Yeah. You know what the, I mean? Yeah. Because that's, I've, that I literally I don't feel that way anymore, but I did used to. Like literally as a kid, I'm told like, if you're not going to do the dishes happily, then like not piss off, but like then, <laughs> then stop it. Don't do them and I'll do it. Like my parents, like my, or not my parents, my dad would say stuff like that. Um, and then I, as somebody who already struggled with the idea of like imperfection, because I, I have physical imperfections that um, I don't think I don't talk I a lot call about. Them imperfect. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I appreciate that, but um, I have a genetic. It's, I don't want to say the word disease because I hate that so word. No. It's a genetic mutation, mm-hmm. right? And it's called ectodermal dysplasia, and it affects the vitamin E in your body as well as just how much hair or um, like how much hair you one of the big things is how much hair your body can produce like i have very very thin hair i look like if i grow my hair out it's shaved right now and it's been shaved for like four or five four years if i grow my hair out i look like i have alopecia hmm. you know which is something i think um a lot of people can visualize i don't know or i genuinely look like i'm losing my hair in patches to some extent mm-hmm. and I grew up my whole life with that and hearing things from people about, like, what's wrong with you? Like, my earliest memories as a kid, I have, like, tainted a bit with people asking me, like, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? Do you have cancer? Like, questions like that. And I hear them my whole life. But after I shaved my head, it went away a lot. But this, like, idea of the fact that, like, I was wrong to some extent on a very physical level pushed me to be like I have to be perfect at everything else Mm-mm. like the fact that like I was I don't know the artist at Barlow yeah like I couldn't probably survive that well without that identity simply because it was this idea that okay I'm doing something right here you know what I mean yeah because I'm so physically imperfect on a on like an obvious level to people that I need to be perfect in every other area that way I have something to offer which is so... It's such a toxic well, I mentality. I think you look perfect. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, um... So when it comes to, like... It's, it's honestly become one of my biggest hindrances in life. And I didn't realize it. Because I've always felt the need to do everything by myself. Everything on my own. Everything perfectly. Yeah. And it's a strength in that it means that I do things, I think, pretty efficiently. And I do things well on my own. But it also means that... Like, I've always said to people, I think your biggest weakness is your strength in excess. So it's anything that is a strength, a strong point in you, too much of, becomes your biggest weakness. Wait, can you say it again? So <laughs> Are you saying for this for everyone? For everybody. For, okay. I think your strengths as a person, right? Yeah. Are important. But your biggest weaknesses in life will be your strengths, like, tenfold. If that makes sense. Like, if you're overdoing your strengths? Like, or like what, do you think is, what do you think is your strength, strong point as you are as a person? I think I keep calm and carry on fairly well. Okay. <laughs> That's your strength, right? Yeah. You can deal with situations when they arise for pretty calmly. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But it also means that you probably compartmentalize a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. So you don't deal with... Yeah, you don't deal with things on the surface. Yeah. So if you're... 24 7 being strong all the time it becomes your weakness because you can no longer be vulnerable you know so it's like it's a strong point about you but it's also your biggest weakness 
So one of mine might be like, I think I'm very good with people. And I love people. I genuinely love people. Yeah. But one of my biggest strengths is that I get along with all most people. But it also means one of the biggest weaknesses is I overextend myself to people all the time. Wait, so then what do you do with that information? You have to learn how to balance. Like, what do you do? What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just learning this um, recently because um, as somebody who my biggest strength has always been that I haven't needed people. I've forced myself to start to need people, yeah. which has been very difficult for me, but one of the I've greatest blessings. I've started trying to ask for help. More. Yes, asking Because, like, for how help. you were saying, like, I always kind of keep it to myself. And mm-hmm. See, I've always been like, I don't, I don't bottle things. I don't bottle things. But, like, I always, like, like, like my life will be crashing and burning, and I'll just be like, it's, it's fine. Yeah, like, tell people it's fine. It's, it's fine. I'm but fine. I tell myself it's fine more than I tell other people it's fine. I'm just like, it's really fine. Like... It's allowed to not be fine. You know that, right? Like, I mean, you know my whole life story. And yeah. maybe it'll come out on the podcast little by little. But, like, whack, w- why, some wild stuff has happened to me. <laughs> so it's just, like, wild. You got some wild. <laughs> wild stuff has happened to me. And, even, and sometimes people, like, when I really tell them the whole story, they're just like, how are you so... No-? Like, you once said this to me. I got, like, we went to the diner once in Monroe. Oh, that's and right. And I remember this really distinctly. Because even though you knew everything, it was one of those days where I just was really, like being vulnerable just being vulnerable and then you were just like you just you leaned over the table and you like pointed on the table and you were like you turned out so normal (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like ah i don't know because growing up like crazy stuff would i think it's like i don't this is gonna be so weirdly specific and i might be psychoanalyzing myself but you know on tv you see like stereotype stuff Mm -hmm. and like oh like kid is upset because parents get divorced and like the kid on the show acts out and like okay so one thing i'm gonna my parents are divorced Mm -hmm. when my parents got divorced like i was just like oh so i guess i'm gonna act out now and then i was like no (laughs) i was like i'm 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 fine i was like i'm fine and then i totally like i guess in little ways that my brain did kind of like because of course you're like it's not fun no of course not but i think i just totally didn't i it was so much less or it here I go. Here I go again. That by saying it was less bad than I expected. I mean, it was less bad than it's stereotyped to be, but I think it's just just as bad in a less stereotyped way. Yes. Does that make any sense? It does. I think so. I just like suppressed it because I was like, I mean, I'm not going off and like running away and mm-hmm. like doing drugs and you know, like I never did that. Here's the biggest thing with you is oh. that I've always analyzed me. <laughs> this is not even an analysis. This is just. A commentary on how much you as a person have impressed me. Oh my goodness. Um, because, like, for people listening, like, Rebecca has had a crazy life. Have I, though? That's the thing. Is like, you, like, <laughs> I if, have, right? If have I, I had, if I had gone through the things that you had gone through, <laughs> I would be a very different person in terms of, like, I think... I don't, I'd be a very angry, bitter person. I should be, like, a runaway, right? Like, <laughs> like, Rebecca, like, your strength as a person is just mind-boggling. Not that, I, w- I wouldn't say, like, it was that you're normal, but it's that you're just very healthy. I know that sounds, like, super weird, but, like, for somebody who's gone through the things that they've gone through and who has pursued the things that they've pursued and gone down the path that they've gone down, you are extraordinarily healthy and i know that it's like we've talked about recently the idea of like 
having struggled a little bit with depression recently or certain Uh, things, you know, (laughs) but in that regard, your approach to it is 10 times healthier than the majority of people. Do you think so? Because I I feel like I'm like going wild. I feel like this is me. Like, I'm like, woo, it finally happened. Like, she broke. It's genuinely impressive. You know what I mean? Just the fact that you approach it with this mentality of straight up like, okay, I think I'm struggling with this. I'm going to get it checked out. I'm going to figure out how to deal with this. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to go to Bible studies. I'm going to, you know what I mean? It's just like this mentality that you have when you approach it that is just, very mature and it's probably one of the reasons why like i think i've felt so close to you for many years it's just because it's like (laughs) your maturity is just very like impressive yeah and i yeah it's yeah been wonderful to see Oh, I'm glad you think so. I mean, what can I say? The devil works hard, but Jesus works harder. <laughs> so, Amen. So, is, I mean, I'm like, woo, like, Jesus, where you been? But, like, it's fine. <laughs> like, it'll be fine. You know, he's, like, behind the curtain, I suppose. I keep telling myself that. <laughs> That's another topic. <laughs> So, I don't know. What do we do about this? This big, huge thing. I hope I hope not a lot of people out there who's listening to this struggles with imposter syndrome, but I know. And just, like, overall like I, insecurity if, if and my stunting friends, yourself. If some of my fields. friends are listening, I know they struggle with this. So, like, you guys, there's, there's ways out of it. I promise. Yeah. Take it from, like, 17-year-old me. That's going to be, like, the most annoying thing I've said so far. Everyone's going to be like, <laughs> no, nah, it's okay. I got new problems. <laughs> There's but always going to be new problems. Possibly worse. But imposter syndrome in its, I don't know, I just, I stopped caring. <laughs> but now I'm at it. Now I'm very stagnant in my work where I'm just like, okay, I'm not really too hard <laughs> on myself anymore. I'm more so in a place of, like, sin- so, like, now what? Yeah, that's a big question. What what do we do next? Like, what am I supposed to do till mm-hmm. I graduate and I can, like, really be a designer, you know? You do the most crazy experimentation with stuff. Which is what I've been doing with my little... I, which I, like, try to do on Instagram. You know, I just do, like, dumb stuff. I'm like, I'm gonna, like, make wallpapers. Nobody's gonna use them, but, like, I'll look all professional doing it. So, yeah, like, <laughs> Rebecca, for a wallpaper for your phone. Honestly, yeah. I think I've been wanting to take some custom orders lately, but I'm like, nobody's gonna do it. So, but you'd be surprised. I expected nobody to hit me up. People have hit me up. Mm-hmm. For I remember. Yeah, you were telling me about it. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this is. I've been just do- making dumb stuff. I started sketching again, which I haven't done in years. I have to reforce myself back into my sketchbook because it's been a little while. Yeah. Last semester I was really good actually. But your this... sketchbook's your prime. Honestly, I'm more than anything, if I consider myself an artist, I'm a sketchbook artist. And I don't paint anymore because I paint when I'm depressed. And I haven't been depressed for a while. Like, okay, that's that's debatable. I had a very l- Artists and depression. Oh, okay. That's a whole topic we could go into because, like, I don't think we got time for that. Because, like, I have very strong feelings on this idea of you need to be depressed to be an artist. You need to be. Wait, let's touch on it. Let's touch on it. We, we still got time. We still got time. I don't know. I've, I've experienced it with people where it's, like... I believe in life, one should never seek happiness, right? Happiness is an extremely fleeting... It's an emotion. It's, it's an not emotion. It's not a state of being. You cannot pursue Peace happiness. and contentment is a state Contentment is content- a wonderful... Contentment? Contentment? Content- content- who cares? Con- to be content 
is a where you're at and where you're going. Not necessarily stagnant, but to be content with the direction and what you're doing and just finding peace in things, I think is a very wonderful thing to pursue and a wonderful place to be as a person. But I've also had this argument thrown in my face where contentment is the death of an artist. And I don't know if I agree with that. (laughs) Wait, no, I honestly think I've like reached a point of being very content. I've talked to you about this before where especially in terms of like not that all these listeners are like Christian, but like in terms of like my faith. Like I'm always like anytime something goes wrong, I'm like Jesus will like tell me why this is happening one day. Mm -hmm. And like like in that sense I've reached contentment content being content. Yes. Where I'm just like, this is fine. Like, it'll be fine. I don't know. But then, like, is that why I've gotten very stagnant in, like... But you also said right now is your most experimental time with your work, almost. <sighs> <extent>. What's going on? <gasps> because I've been, like, not because you're... in my mental health. <laughs> so, like, so, what's going on? So maybe you have to for... I don't know. It's interesting. I didn't... It's... Wait, explain more what, what you were saying about how an artist, like, should be depressed. I don't or, know. That they, like, have to be depressed. It's this idea you that... You don't have to be right. It's, know, like I'm, I'm not going to be right. I think I disagree with the fact that, like, as an artist, you have to be depressed in order to produce art. I think art comes out of just emotions across the board or expression as a whole. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I think sometimes artists produce amazing work in their most low periods because it's all you have. Ooh, you know what so I mean? Accurate. Almost to some oh, extent. God. Maybe. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying depression is something that is like um a positive because i disagree with that i think you i don't think you need it i think it definitely will affect your work and you you will make work if you're depressed but also i think you can make amazing work within other experiences and other expressions like fascination curiosity there's so many things that like just you can produce amazing work off of depression is not a necessity as an artist no in regards to like if and if it is don't be an artist (laughs) because like it it will the thing with art at least for me is it's never fully been like an outlet it's been a mirror more than anything else that makes sense you know like i don't i don't do art to get things off my chest always. Like, I kind of would a little bit, but it was more of, like, I art that I produced always reflected the state of my mentality. Yeah. And my mental state. They never truly affected it. You know, like, a lot of people will be like, oh, don't paint or do that or draw that because it'll affect your, men- your mental state. And for me, it was never that way. Whatever I made was, yeah. like, a mirror, looking at a mirror or a reflection of my mental state. I love that. Yeah. So I feel like... If you want to create genuinely dark art, yeah, you kind of have to be depressed, you know? And if you want to create art that's on a level of, like, horror and sadness, to some extent, you probably have to have experienced... You have to have experienced those things to make other people yeah. believe that you've well, experienced I, I also believe that, like, art doesn't just come from, like, oh, I'm going to, like, make something that, like, is dark. Like, I think you need no. to be, like, feeling those emotions to make whatever you're trying to make I and even if you're not personally experiencing those emotions i think you need to like get in the headspace i just even if it's just yeah. an hour i'm just cons- it concerns me that this idea of like the genius artist being this depressed creature exists because it becomes this stereotype of what people want to be <laughs> and it's not and this healthy. goes to like i have this like i guess it's not a theory because it's kind of common knowledge but like the whole like how being sad is cool and with 
I especially think, his think, artists okay. or creative I people. I think Billie um, Eilish is, like, incredibly talented. Incredibly. But I think in some ways she's a little bit dangerous in the sense that she's, like, promoting being sad as being cool. It's... I have, I have like... I definitely agree that there's a danger And it's not side. just her. Here's the thing. So I don't, but that's the only example that came to my head. Here's the thing. When somebody produces work, I think um, when they produce it as a truth, mm-hmm. it's simultaneously dangerous and incredibly powerful it's yeah. just powerful yeah. in general like Billie yeah. eilish is very truthful about the fact that she struggles with and depression. i love that i think that's and it good. is amazing and it is wonderful because it lets other people feel comfortable about talking about it i think it is dangerous to some extent because like let's say my little sister for example that's what struggles that's with struggles with stuff like this loves Billie eilish as an artist but said that after listening to her work for a very long time she'd find herself liking to be in that mental state and yeah. i agree sometimes when you are sad or depressed, you like to wallow in that place. And it like starts to feel it good. It feels it's hard to get good. out of the pit. Yeah. However, I also think so. I feel like that in of itself, work that does that is just a double edged blade that mm-hmm. is neither good nor bad. It just is because it's the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's when something tries to be something that it's not that I start to have issues with it. Because I think I actually very much respect Billie Eilish as no, well. No, so do I. You know I what I mean? She's incredible. I also think that she's incredible. Her work is very interesting to me on an artistic level because I think that she's being very truthful. I think she's also kind of what the industry needed. Like, she's and really think, mixed it up a yeah. lot. Yeah. And I think she's the type of person, when you hear her work, you hear a soul that is crying out yeah. more than anything else. And that is very relatable to people because so many people like struggle with this idea of not of feeling like they're screaming with their head underwater and nobody else can hear, but it's so loud for them. What's it like to not be a creative? Because creatives <laughs> think so much and everything's, everything means something. Yeah. I don't know. And like, what is it like to just like... Maybe I'll bring be one of math our person. friends on... We should bring Mahat on the podcast. No, we can't bring Mahat on the podcast because he used to be... He used to be creative and he left. Like, what's it like to really just be, like... Left behind. I don't want to say ordinary, but just, like, not existential about this season in your life. You Actually, know, like, I don't I know. I always view my life as, like, these chapters and, like, these s- seasons. And everything's just tad but existential But, like, what's it like to just be, like, chilling? I actually don't know. It's a good question because I feel like most of the people I surround myself with are also. Amazing. Well, we go to art school. So we like go to art school. Here is at least but even my roommates, who I moved when moved in with, one's an actress, one's an art director, one's an English major, one's also goes to our school. Like I have no people in my life besides maybe some of my sister, one yeah. of them. Like what's in that, what's it like? To like my parents not are both designers. and like. Because I think about, like, it made me think of, like, when you were talking about Billie Eilish and how you could hear, like, her soul, like, through that. Like, her music is very, like, about something. Mm -hmm. And so what's it like to listen to music and look at art when you just, like, aren't that way at all? Yeah. I don't know. Does it make you feel something the same way? That could be the difference between, I don't know if this is, like, going to... I don't want to. I don't think it'll offend people, but like the idea of a consumer versus a creator. Yeah. Like a creator looks at everybody and thinks of everything and tries to view it on a yeah. different level so that they can use it to their to make something. Yeah. And a consumer, I've always been terrified that part of me is just a huge consumer because I absolutely adore. If you were just consuming. a consumer, you wouldn't be thinking about that. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but like. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what it's like to sit and be just a consumer. Yeah. 
Because I always think about, like, all dimensions of things. And, like, mm-hmm. I wish I did it. But even if I just get, like, upset at someone, like, I'm not just get, like, you know how there's people out there that don't, I'm, like, I'm not saying this is, like, a bad thing, but it's, like, people who get in a fight and they're just very much on their side. There's no side. I don't, And, like, yeah. I'm just kind of, like, I don't even see myself as, like... Right. <laughs> right. It's just, well, this is how I feel. That's how they feel. I'm going to try to be the bigger person. Like, it's, like, it's never just, like, he did this and I'm mad. It is... It's, like, I, I did... I was mad because of this that happened to me and that's why I'm upset by what they did and maybe they didn't even do anything wrong and maybe I just need to work on my heart mm-hmm. posture and like and it's like no like most like a lot of people out there just get mad and they just embrace the fact that they're mad it's true I think I can't do that I think it's one of the biggest to put to put it on a grand scale this is getting so we this got existential we oh, made it we made it <laughs> I was waiting for it to happen on the podcast, and it happened. I think on the grand scale, the way to look at it, as a creative person, we have one of the biggest privileges and the biggest detriments to us is the fact that we see things for what they could be, but with also what they truly are. You know what I mean? You see, two, Most people see things for what they could be and don't acknowledge what they are. Yeah. Or they see it the other way. They see things as they are, but never as they could be. Yeah, because that's not realistic. Because that's not realistic. But as an artist, you're constantly between toggling between this ideal thing that you see and this thing that it really is. And either it depresses you because yeah, you're terrified. It can never be that good. Yeah, because yeah, it will never be what you can see its potential. Or you reach a place of contentment where you accept things for how they are and are and recognize that they will never be this ideal like more in the ideal you just more in the like for me i think i exist more in the state of i accept people for who they are or things for who they are and i just mourn the ideal that could have been and i'm sad that it isn't that and when people are at that ideal i'm awed and then i have people in my life who are artists and struggle with depression and also see things for how they could be and are such romantics that the idea that it will never be that ideal depresses them do you feel that your life goes very up and down and it's never normal it's either you feel really down and then you feel really up and then you feel really down but you're never just kind of like going through life do you think that would have anything to do with like you're down because you're Mm -hmm. dreaming of an ideal and like for me i'll use the example of moving to new york Mm -hmm. like all through high school i was kind of down and i was just like dreaming of like this and then like senior year i had this up because i finally like found my style and like I liked making art and like I identified with it but then it went down again when I first went to college and then I started dreaming of like going to New York and that became like my new ideal maybe and then I got to New York and I was I talked about this in the first episode where I was like on high like pink hair Rebecca like on high (laughs) but then like reality sets in again and it's like now like do you think that like reaching and I guess I'm asking like do you think it's like reaching those what we would consider ideals is possible I don't know, because in that sense, what do you do in life in that regard? Is that something that you want? Because I feel like for me, I actually live my life pretty on the same level emotionally, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Like this past semester, I struggled with depression probably more than I have almost since high school. I will never ever say that I... Fist bump. (laughs) 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 You can't see it. She just fist bumped me. Um... I think I will never say that I struggle with depression the same way I did in high school because that was on a level that I don't I will never allow myself to, yeah. to stoop to again. 
But at the same time, the acceptance that I've had in my life and the, the learned the learned peace yeah. that I have come to allowed me the ability to move forward from the, the depression that I had for a few months. Even though it was very bad, it was like this weird place of even when I'm at my worst, this peace and contentment that I have allows me to live um like pretend it's not happening. No, no, not not or... it's not pretend it's not happening, but but look at it and okay. see it and face as it existence and then face it on head on and also be like why is this happening? What can rather I do? Like rather than like freaking out and wallowing. What, rather than who I was before where it was just this state of oh woe Woe am i (laughs) woe is me this life sucks the world sucks people suck it's more like the world doesn't suck it's just something is happening it's almost like the world honestly when i look at it the world sucks people suck everything is awful right but the way i view it is people hurt things are hurting everybody is in pain kind of you know what i mean it's like end times man no (laughs) 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 it's I don't know. It's a complex way that I found that peace just kind of allows me to accept the the sadness and Mm -hmm. the depression and the state of and realize that this is not something that I want to wallow in. Yeah. And I want to get back to my place of living life. Maybe not always happy. But even when I like when I'm in New York, when I'm doing what I want to do, when I'm with people that I love, when I'm pursuing the career that I want, I'm never. Even when I'm depressed, I'm never not happy. If that makes sense, it's like yeah. when I was seriously depressed, I could never experience happiness. Yeah, almost. Okay. Every time I'd smile, it hurt because I was gonna cry later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas nowadays, even when on that that period of time where I was extremely depressed, when I was with my friends. And I would have these moments of feeling detached like I used to and being like, I'm sad. I'd be like, Bianca. I would I would be able to reorient myself of like... Like a little mental slap. Like a little face. mental slap in the face almost of like, I'm so blessed. I'm yeah. so lucky. I have amazing people in my life. I go to one of the top design schools. I'm living in New York City. I have a healthy family unit. I, like, I, mean, I just, I can't. I no longer like, exist. Yeah. yeah, it's like... The peace that I have is from gratefulness. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a better place to be than this pursuit of depression for the sake of making art. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't, I think some of my art right now is some of the best art I've ever made. I think it's some of the most true art I've ever made. Yeah. Like, my illustrations now feel more me than anything I've ever made. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, when I made stuff when I was depressed, I think it was truthful, but I don't think it was... It was, like... It didn't feel like me. It felt like the the mask that I was wearing and the sadness that I wallowed in and the fact that I was like, I'm sad, look that I'm sad. Yeah. I'm depressed, look that I'm depressed. This work that I make now is just... It's just who I am. (laughs) Yeah. You know? It's, like, very It'll change, and it'll become something different, but right now, I'm like, this is who I am. I'm neither sad nor depressed nor happy nor extremely anything. It's like, I am just 
grateful for the existence that I have and I'm going to live it and I'm going to make art and I'm going to continue forward. And Do you think that artists reevaluate their life so much because of the fact that, like you said, how your art acts as a mirror for what mm-hmm. you're feeling? Do you think the fact, like, since we make art and we're visually seeing mm-hmm. how we're feeling, we can more easily track seasons in our life. Oh, absolutely. And so do you think that plays into, like, we're very quick to notice if we're not feeling as well as we did for like a few months ago or if we're feeling way better like we're aware of what's going I think, on inside our I heads. think it's both I think simultaneously artists are very aware of their mental state if they pay attention to the work that they create yeah but I also think I genuinely believe people with artistic brains are prone to depression mm-hmm. again because you see things on such a broad scale yeah you know it's like it's almost like people view like artists zoom out but they don't zoom out all the way so they zoom out to the scale of being able to see everything but they don't zoom out to the scale of just accepting things for where they're at almost you know it's like you they they're they don't have as narrow of approach as most everyday people but when they zoom out they see all the negative and all the things that could be and are sad instead of zooming out once more and being like this is the totality of humanity. <laughs> like, you know what I yeah. mean? It's almost scarier to just be like, this is as humans are. We will never change. You cannot change people. We have to accept it and do our best to be the best version of the pers- people that we want. But you'll never, ever change people mm-hmm. or society or the way things work. You can make changes. Yeah. But you but will like, not. At the end of the this day, is how humans act world. and have always acted, and it's the same world, and it will be from the beginning to the end. However, you can be different, and you can affect the people around you to be different, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I can't stress this enough that, like, sometimes you really just have to look, look at the big picture mm-hmm. and do your absolute best to be that ideal, you know? You can't just wallow in the fact that the world isn't this ideal place that you see as an artist. Yeah. Or even as a person. And I think that, like, just everyone has their own purpose for even being in the world. And so sometimes it's just, like, of course it's, like, going to make you sick to, like, try to... What was I saying? It's gonna, to try to... To change it. To change that. To, yeah, to put like, that pressure on yourself. Yeah, yeah, no. It's too much. Yeah, like, and also, like, sometimes, like, I think it's unhealthy to carry so much anger, too. Oh, So I yeah. think to a degree, you need to just kind of accept the world for how it is. And, like, always, if you, or if, if an opportunity to stand up for something that's unjust crosses your path. You do it. You do it, because it's, that means it's, like, because part you, of your path. You should always hold yourself to your expectation, but you do not hold other people to your expectation because you will live your whole life angry, hurt, and upset because nobody will live to it. Yo, does this make sense? I don't know. I'm starting to be should like... We... <laughs> <laughs> we were just going to do a cute little like advice thing on, on imposter syndrome. syndrome and and it's turned into a whole existential crisis. Don't ask the blind for directions, I guess. <laughs> Is that offensive? No, it's no. okay. Are, you, are we sure? You're afraid of being attacked. (laughs) Mental health and art and art and uh, dot dot dot. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
I think we should probably cut it off because we could go on for a we could go on for a while. Yeah, I guess like give us feedback. Let us know if this topic. I mean, it's probably mostly creative people that listen to us. I think so. I think so. If you're struggling with these things, honestly, like if anyone wants to be a guest, do you have a little feedback that you want to tell us about? Honestly, please. Anyone from Parsons want to share their experience and talk to us if you are struggling with stuff. I just worry about people. I love. I mean, yeah, same. I love you guys. If you guys are struggling with stuff, I get it. It happens. We all go through it. Nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's a part of life. Don't pursue happiness. Pursue peace because happiness is literally an emotion. It's like forcing yourself to be angry all the time. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Like you can kind of do it. You can be irritated because irritated is more of a state of Angst. being. Angsty. But like the pursuit of an emotion is never a stable pursuit of any kind you know mm-hmm. and you will be more mm-hmm. upset because you won't be able to stay there that's our little little oh, wow no. okay that was not we're gonna need little. to listen back <laughs> i know you guys don't understand like we have to listen back to these and we edit them and like <laughs> <laughs> well this... we don't really edit them at all really i mean we just cut out when we start like when we get rambling. a text or we start like just being distracted but i feel like we, i mean but i even still we don't even do that i mean i edited like... the last one yeah. Because there was a lot of just moments that were unnecessary. Like, we're probably going to cut some of this. Well, we're going to cut this. That's not cutting it later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Should we, do we, like, say our Instagrams? Or? I guess. Yeah, we can plug our Instagrams. So, I'm Ivory Wolf, if you want to find me on Instagram. Most of you are coming from our Instagram. <laughs> That's why I'm saying, yeah. Mine's just Rebecca Daggs. Hi, un- underscore? Underscore hyphen? Underscore. Underscore. It's Underscore the line, between right? Rebecca and Dags. <laughs> could be like James Charles and memorize it and say it really fast. You can follow me at, at Rebecca Dags underscore between Rebecca and Dags. People are smart. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Most of, most of them are coming from our Instagrams. Yeah. Yo, but will yeah. I lose followers from plugging my... <laughs> you just hit that 5-0 mark. Oh, don't tell them that. They'll go in on follow. <laughs> Bro, I lose followers like fast. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't notice it. I think I do. It too. stopped though. Once I started posting more, like, because I wanted to start posting like edits and like wallpapers and like just fun stuff I wanted like do. Like when I first started doing that, I lost a ton of followers, and I think it was probably just people that have been following me and then forgot I existed, and then were like, I forgot I follow this, and then they unfollowed. <laughs> but I weeded them out, so like now now I've got like loyal followers, just loyal people, <laughs> loyal people only in this life. Get rid of the toxic. Or people from high school that are just curious to see if I still exist. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. That's it. Hope you enjoy. Hope we didn't... I hope we didn't depress anybody. Dude, I hope we didn't, like, trigger anyone. <laughs> Should we put a trigger warning on this? Nah. DM us if, like, you're a little... If you're blue. Frazzled after. Yeah. If you want some, somebody We'd to talk to. We'd be more than happy. I love getting coffee with people, so hit me up. Oh, my God. That'd be cute. Yeah. I just saw somebody today who I haven't seen in a long time. Who's like, let's get coffee on Wednesday. That's nice. Yeah. She's so cute. Anyways, all right, well, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs>